Yesterday, the Bank of Canada announced another big interest rate hike, 50 basis points, 4.25% is where we close 2022 as far as the bank's key rate is concerned. A long way from where we were at the beginning of the year. Obviously, the bank is still concerned about what they're seeing with regard to inflation. However, the bank did drop some hints that they might be done for now when it comes to raising interest rates. Uh, so certainly inflation uh, is persistent as we head into 2023. Speaking of the Alberta legislature, by the way, the Alberta government has now tabled legislation to officially implement some of the affordability measures they announced a few weeks ago. So are things headed in the right direction? Do governments have the right response when it comes to fiscal policy that's not interfering in the bank's job, but helping Canadians, helping Albertans uh, deal with higher cost of living? Joining us uh, for some thoughts on all of this, uh, we kick off the program here this morning with our friend Trevor Toome, Associate Professor of Economics, University of Calgary, Research Fellow at the School of Public Policy. Professor Toome, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think we were all anticipating a, a rate hike yesterday, so I don't think that was a surprise. Maybe even the 50 basis points was not a surprise. But what stood out to you in terms of maybe some of those hints the banks, the bank was dropping about you know, where we're at and what they're likely to do in the months ahead? I think you're right to note that the increase was anticipated. I think opinion was split between whether or not it would go 25 or, sorry, a quarter of a point or, a, or the half point that we saw. Uh, what stood out to me, though, was the, the change in language. So every time they make one of these decisions, they also put out a statement that explains what their thinking is. And they changed a key part of that statement. So back in October, the last time rates increased, they had a statement there that said that the governing council, right, the, the, the folks who make these decisions at Bank of Canada, they expect that the policy interest rate will need to rise further. That was back in October. But today, they, or sorry, yesterday, they changed that language to say that they will be considering whether the policy rate needs to rise further. And so I think that's a sign that they are thinking about whether we've reached the end. You know, I sort of think we'll have one more increase in January, but that might be it uh, to this tightening cycle. Which is interesting. So what, what's brought them to that conclusion, do you suspect? Well, the data has been changing pretty rapidly over the past few months. So the inflation pressures that we're building this year may have ended in June. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that is because oil prices have come down significantly from their highs back in, in June. There's also been some improvements in uh, supply chains and agricultural prices and things like that. So the, the average rate of inflation, if you just look over the past three months, it's actually only around 3.5%, uh, which is you know, too high, higher than the target of 2%, uh, but much, much lower than the over 8% that we saw back in June. So the price pressures have been easing quite a bit recently. Uh, so I think that's leading them to uh, be a little bit more cautious going forward. Well, it's an interesting, I don't know if it's a disconnect, but you know, you, you've noted, and, and not for the first time, that yeah. you know, some of the bank's own data uh, appears more, I guess, optimistic than maybe what their, their statements are. How, how do we reconcile that? Yeah, that, that, I find that kind of puzzling, especially back in October, actually, where they had not just their own statement, but also a more detailed document that was released. And they didn't quite agree, right? On the one hand, the more detailed analysis shows the price pressures are easing significantly, but then their press release says explicitly that there's no evidence of price pressures easing. So I, I found that odd. I think what they do want people to take very seriously is that 
the bank is laser focused on bringing inflation down. And mm-hmm. if, I think if they're erring on the side of looking too aggressive, that's okay. I mean, it's easier to lower rates later if they increased them too much. It's much harder to not increase rates, let inflation expectations get even more solidly baked in at these high rates. That's much more difficult to combat. So I think they're trying to use language that's more aggressive than maybe the data uh, suggests should be used, but they're perhaps doing it deliberately. I mean, we don't really know. We won't get the minutes of all of these decisions for 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 some time to come. So that's really just speculation on my part. Well, sure. And it, it's quite a needle they're trying to thread here, obviously, in, in fulfilling that mandate, uh, but also... I guess maybe minimizing the impact on the economy. Certainly there's, there's, I guess, fair to say a desire. There's an intent to slow the economy, but, mm-hmm. you know, to try to avoid the worst of both worlds, right? Is, is that soft landing and maybe what they're still aiming for? Yeah, no question that higher rates will slow economic growth. The question is whether it'll slow it so much that we start going in reverse and the economy contracts next year. So, uh, you know, that's a real risk. That's certainly not their goal but it is an outcome that they will live with if that's what happens. They are mandated to achieve a 2% inflation target. They have no other mandate uh, with regards to employment or GDP growth. So while I don't think it's fair to say they want to cause a recession, um, that's certainly a possibility. So I'm a little more optimistic. I mean, all sorts of uh, forecasters out there are not anticipating a recession next year tough to know one way or another, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. But there's a lot of, I guess, unique aspects of the labor market right now that might mean we can slow growth without increasing unemployment very much, and that's the huge number of job vacancies. Like, there's roughly one vacant job for every unemployed worker, whereas in normal times, there's four unemployed workers for each job vacancy. So there's a lot of scope for employers to cut back on hiring decisions and their demand for workers. Uh, without actually increasing unemployment, which is interesting and unique. Now, when we look at at the response to to inflation and cost of living has some political overtones, clearly uh, polls show that it's you know right at the top of mind when it comes to Canadians' concerns right now. So we've seen some attempts by government to try to respond, find ways of uh, targeted help for Canadians without adding too much pressure on what yeah. the Bank of Canada is trying to do. We've we've talked about what Alberta's looking to do. The legislation has now been tabled. There's some some benefit programs here, targeted benefits, reindexation of of uh, some uh, benefits, social programs. What do you make of what we're seeing on, on the fiscal policy side? So on the fiscal policy side, we're seeing mostly governments respond by providing cash transfers. Um, and I think when a province does that, certainly the risk of that sparking inflation uh, increases is, is pretty low just because most of the prices of the items that have risen so much, food and energy, is really tied to international developments that have little to do with overall demand by Canadian consumers. So I'm, I'm not super worried about those cash transfers accelerating inflation. But some measures that the government has adopted do actually bring down the measured rate of inflation. So in Alberta, the gas tax suspension, you know, that, right. that shows up in the data because it literally does make gasoline prices fall. And the electricity rebate. You know, the $50 per month that everyone gets on their bill. Interestingly, that too shows up in the data as a lower price for, uh, for that good, for electricity. 
Uh, so some measures directly lower the rate of inflation, but most of it is really just helping people, uh, I guess, get through the pressures from high prices. And I think that's that's uh, defensible. Right. I know there's a concern that the government spending can fuel demand. But you know, when we look at demand for food or demand for electricity, these kinds of things, is, is that less of a concern? I don't know that, that helping people deal with the cost of these items is necessarily going to lead to them buying more. It's just about helping to manage the cost of maybe what they already need or are buying. But what, what is the demand factor here? Yeah, that, that's a good point that it doesn't matter what items are increasing in price and things like energy and food. You know, these are items where our demand is not very sensitive to overall changes in prices. And food in particular, that's not a category that's very sensitive to interest rates either. It's something right. where you buy a certain amount, uh, you know, maybe you switch what type of products, you know, there's things that you can do to affect your overall grocery bill, but, you know, it's kind of uh, inelastic, is what economists would say. Whereas other items, think about more discretionary purchases, durables, major appliances, maybe things that you could you could wait uh, on and things where there are big supply chain uh, issues that are connected to those items. That's where demand would matter more. Uh, but because the cash transfers that we're seeing are, uh, except for what Alberta is doing for some groups, uh, often lower than what the cost of higher prices is. So I think much of what we're seeing from governments is really just helping, I guess, individuals not increase as much uh, debt or dip into their savings as much as they would have otherwise, rather than actually increasing the amount of stuff that people buy. Yeah, and a lot of this is meant as bridge policy, right, to try to bridge that gap to when we see some relief exactly. here. Yeah, but, I think that's right. You know, the challenge with inflation is, even if we get it into the target range, I mean, 1% is low inflation, but it's still inflation. I mean, it's, it's still above what we're already at. So people who, who are hoping for price relief, that's that's yeah. a whole different story, isn't it? Yeah, and that will be really interesting to watch next year. The Bank of Canada is mandated to achieve an inflation target of 2%, and inflation is the pace of price growth. They're not going to get us back to what the price levels were before. So there has been some lost purchasing power here in Alberta uh, relative to where we would have been had we maintained a 2% target this whole time successfully, that prices on average are 5.5% higher now. And that might be permanent. Like, even if today, magically, we jump back to 2% and we're, we're there, mm-hmm. uh, we've still all lost about 5.5% of our purchasing power. So that's, uh, living standards are, are you know, without question a little lower because of all this, the uh, disruptions that we've been going through the past year and a half. Well, important point. We'll leave it at that. I uh, always appreciate the insight, Trevor. Thanks for making some time for us here this morning. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.